What's up, everybody? Welcome to Not Your Average Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, a.k.a. TG. We have got a podcast slam-packed with information and news for you today. Um, so we'll, as you know, we'll start with the news. Um, Uber may soon deliver Big Macs to you by drone. And this is, this is pretty interesting, really. Because you know how they have Uber Eats now. So, I mean, this is a very, I mean, how are you going to, so you're going to pay with card then, I guess. You're going to pay with your credit card. And then they're just going to deliver the Big Mac to you with a drone. I would assume. Um, This is where technology is starting to take over the world, man. Also, our laziness has reached a pretty high peak, I would think. Um, But, you know, it's just one of those things that Technology is pushing us forward, and, you know, it is what it is. There's not really much that you can say about it in this case. Um, This one, this next story, is a little bit about sports and news. Um, But Tiger Woods' comeback is great for the golf business. And it really is, because when Tiger Woods is playing golf, people watch. Whether it's at the at the course or on television, people watch. I am included in this because I love Tiger Woods. Love watching that man play golf. Even if it's bad. I mean, I still am glad to see him playing golf. Now, the key is can he do what he did at the Masters at the U.S. Open starting today? Um, Honestly, I don't know. I hope he can do it. I hope he can pull a win out at the U.S. Open this weekend. But, you know, we're all just going to have to wait, sit back in our chairs, sit on the couches, or be at Pebble Beach in California watching Tiger Woods do his thing or can um, Brooks Kapka win his what was, the, what was it third U.S. Open in a row? I think. I think I think that's the right number. Um, let me fact check for real quick. Um, yeah, he's won the U.S. Open two years in a row now, so he's going for a third U.S. Open. So we'll see. I mean, they're already teeing off over at Pebble Beach. Which is crazy. Uh, They must be getting sun early in the morning, but whatever. Um, I I would just love to see Tiger Woods win the U.S. Open. Have two uh, Grand Slam events on his trophies this year especially since Brooks won the PGA championship last month, but you know, whatever. Um, America's renewable energy capacity is now greater than coal. So we might be looking at, uh, again, looking at the future of technology 
or looking at the future of our energy in this case, using solar panels and uh, and windmills and other other types of things that generate renewable energy. We're now looking at we can probably start being a better. I mean, this can. I've talked about climate change in the past on this podcast. This could be a start towards changing that, and we use renewable energy instead of coal and other products and that are bad for the environment. So, I mean, this is just one step in the right direction, I, I would say. I mean, it's – I understand the word is capacity, so it's not – we're not – it's – renewable energy is not greater than coal, but the the ability to use it is greater we just need to use it in the right ways so that you know we're not just i mean so we're not using coal to ruin the environment more um but anyway excuse me um so there's a report that says or that finds that black drivers in Missouri are 91% more likely to be stopped than white drivers. That's freaking ridiculous, insane, wrong. Uh, I hate when I read stuff that like stuff like that, that and gen those type of things and gender equality issues are really just upsetting for me. Because I don't get it. I don't understand how we can't treat everyone equally. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, I mean, and 91% more likely? Are you freaking kidding me? That's, mm, I, I could go on for a, a long time on a rant about this, but I'm going to have to keep a cooler head. So... I, I just, I really don't think it's good um, that police officers are more likely to stop black drivers. I mean, I'm sure this is the majority of the case in majority of states. You This is, this just happened to be the one state that I found a report for. But it, this is, it, it's, we need to change as a society so that we can have everyone be equal and on a level playing field. I mean, this is just ridiculous guys. I just don't know why this is in our society. It, it just outrages me. And I really, I really and truly wish this, that stat will change. I know it's nowhere near that high in every state. But I guarantee you they are more likely to be stopped than white drivers. And, I mean, some of that may be due to the race of the cop itself. But I, but still, it's, it's not right. And I, it, it, it really just, it really makes me angry. And I, I just don't like seeing reports or stats like this and you know since I got to move on to another topic we'll just leave it at that
um, Pampers, you know, the diaper change or the diaper company has pledged to install 5,000 baby changing tables in men's restrooms across the U.S. So now, men, you can't say that you can't go into the restroom to change your baby. I mean, well, I mean, it's only 5,000 restrooms that are getting changing tables right now. But um, if you live, if you use one of these bathrooms that have these baby changing tables you can't say any you can't not take your kid or take your baby with or now it's not up to the female to go in and change the baby inside a restroom anymore and i and i completely agree with this i i think it should be in both men's and women's restrooms i mean just because i mean it's not just up to the female to change a baby's diaper i mean i mean that's uh, again that could come there could be some gender equality issues from that i'm not gonna touch on that here specifically but um definitely men should be able to change the i mean especially if they're a single dad like they can't just change their baby wherever out in the open so it's good that they're installing the or starting the process to install these in men's restrooms so that men can be able to change their baby if they should need to. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the um, news portion of today's podcast. So now, Women's World Cup yesterday. South Korea and Nigeria was the first game of the day at 9 o'clock. South Korea generated more attempts, 15 to 12, more corners, 6 to 3, had 57% ball possession, 82% pass accuracy to Nigeria's 70%, and South Korea also had two yellows to Nigeria's one yellow card. Now, these stats would tell you that South Korea won the game. I'm here to tell you, not true. Nigeria won this game 2-0. And the first goal scored was an own goal by South Korea. So, And then Nigeria was, was pouring it on. or They got a nice counterattack at the end to get a second goal and make sure they got three points in Group A, which is going to be vital moving forward. Um, but, you know... South Korea did look like the better team there. I mean, now these stats may be a little inflated. I mean, Nigeria, they, they like to counter with their speed. They're the super Falcons. I mean, they that's just what they do. They like to counter. Um, but, you know, Nigeria, congrats to getting three points. You're now tied for second in your group, which I'll get to that in a second. Um, but first, Group B had another game yesterday at noon. Germany took on Spain, and I said this game could end up being a draw. I thought it would be, but um, Germany ended up winning this game one to nothing. The attempts both generated fifteen attempts on target. Well, not on target, fifteen attempts in general. Um, Spain had s- generated more corners, seven to two. There were th- 
Spain was offside three times compared to Germany's four. Spain had 59% of the ball possession, 77% pass accuracy to Germany's 66, and Germany had the only yellow card of the game. Um, again, another stat, another stat line that looks like Spain should have at least drawn this game, but Germany walks away with the three points in the win and is now in control of their fate in Group B. So, I mean, <clears throat> the U.S., if the U.S. wins Group F, they would face the runner-up in Group B. And right now, that's Spain, I believe. Um, yeah, they would face Spain right now. And that's that could be a very tough round of 16 game to play, in all honesty. And it's not going to be – I mean, I, you want to you beat the best to be the best, but God, is the U.S. going to have a tough road to the final if – they want to win this World Cup this again this year. So champions gotta have champions have a tough road. Um, last game yesterday at three o'clock, our time, not their time. Um, the hosts France played Norway. Um, France generated a lot more attempts, sixteen to Norway's five. Nine corners to Norway's five. It was literally split possession, 50-50. Both had 72% pass accuracy, and both had a yellow card in this game. Um, France came away with three points in the win, two to one, but Norway gave France a lot more of a fight than I was expecting. Um, France came, I mean... To be fair, it was an own goal that tied it up at one, but France, I I think, fully deserved this win. Um, but I'm glad to see France had a little tougher competition. I mean, I'm glad to see Norway gave them more of a fight than they would have originally anticipated. Now, France could have some fun with Nigeria. France is going to have a lot of ball possession against Nigeria, I would think. Nigeria is going to have to be able to counter in that last match day, but you know, we'll get to that as that comes along. So, on to today's two games at in a little under an hour now. Group C starts its second match day with Australia versus Brazil, Sam Kerr versus Marta. This should be a fantastic matchup, and you should tune in on Fox to watch this game. It's going to be a fantastic one. I This could very easily be a draw, but Brazil's very confident coming into this game, having won their first game. And Australia, having lost to Italy, this is basically a must-win game for them. Now, if I had to pick a winner in this game, I'd pick Brazil. But I see a draw coming in this game, even though Australia needs three points out of this game. I mean, you can finish third in your group and still make it to the knockout stage, but you'd rather have three points in the bag here. Um, but anyway, our la the last game of the day at 3 o'clock on Fox, 
Group B finishes up its second match day with South Africa versus China. Two teams with zero points through one game. Both need to win this game in order to get three points on the board and be tied with Spain for second in the group. And this and that game's in Paris. So, um, China looked dangerous against Germany. So I would fully anticipate China winning this game, even though it's South Africa's first World Cup. Right? Um, I'm right on that, right? I'm pretty sure it's their first World Cup. Um, yes, yeah, South Africa's in their World Cup debut, but I fully anticipate China winning this game. But anyway, it's going to be a good day. We'll see how uh, it's going to be a good game of soccer coming up here in a little bit. But um, another soccer note I have. Atletico Madrid's CEO said Anton Griezmann is going to sign with Barcelona. And I couldn't be more happier because this Barcelona team is gearing up for a Champions League run next this coming up year. And I'm here for it, baby. Because it's gonna be fun. Let's just let's let's just throw that out there right now. It's gonna be real good. I mean, let's just throw the names they have out there: Messi, Suarez, Felipe Coutinho, De, Frankie De Jong's coming into the program. Anton Griezmann likely to sign. I would. I mean, he said he was signing. I don't. I, nothing's official yet. Um, I said Felipe Coutinho, right? I think so. Um. Uh, the, you could just go on and on about this Barca team. And I think next year's the year they finally break back through and win the Champions League. Now, I do have a little bit of fan bias here, but, you know, I I enjoy watching Barca. Barcelona is def, by far my favorite soccer team that isn't national a national team. Um. And I'm also a huge Messi fan. I love watching Messi play soccer. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, enough of the soccer. Stanley Cup Finals, Game 7 was last night. Congrats to the St. Louis Blues for winning the Stanley Cup. First ever Stanley Cup. Congratulations. Now, if you look at the stats, it wouldn't tell you the Blues won last night. They were outshot 20 to 33. They were 49% at faceoffs. They outhit the Bruins. They did 36 28. And they also blocked a lot more shots 21 to 7. Um, but the Blues absolutely. Uh, Jordan, the goalie, Jordan Bennington, absolute monster in the goal. Absolutely outstanding. Um, he only gave up one goal and that was, you know, and they, they had, the Bruins were trying anything to get back, but at that point it was a little too late at that point. And the blues come away with the Stanley cup trophy four to one. I didn't expect that. I mean, I should have seen the blues having that since they had that great road record in the playoffs and Jordan Bennington set a record for the most wins by a rookie goaltender with sick. He won every game. 
as a rookie, and that's impressive. I mean, I don't. They also won with an interim head coach. I mean, oh my god, this team shouldn't have. They were literally, literally, almost dead last in the league on January third, and they came back and won the Stanley Cup. What an amazing story! St. Louis absolutely deserves this. Now, I will never say that about the Cardinals, um, but the Blues absolutely deserve this game. Congrats to you. Can't wait for next hockey season to get started in October. Um, NBA Finals, game six is tonight at nine on ABC. Um, Kevin Durant definitely out for the rest of this series should it go to a game seven on Sunday. Because uh, Kevin Durant, he underwent surgery for his torn Achilles yesterday, so surgery went well. So, I mean, you hate to see him go down like that. He fought all he could to be able to play with his teammates, and it just it just wasn't happening. That having been said, the Raptors gave the Warriors some unneeded momentum going uh, after winning Game Five. The Warriors may just force a game seven now because they 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 know they know they don't have Kevin Durant anymore. And they're gonna play for their boy. But you know, we're gonna I mean I would I would I don't I wouldn't hate seeing the Raptors win the finals, but I wanna see a game seven. I, I definitely want that at the very least. So you know, let's see what we can do to make that happen. Um, Clay and Steph, they're probably they're going to come out swinging. You know, they're going to shoot their threes. Last game ever in Oracle Arena, so it's going to be an emotional night in the building. I would say, I would think. Um, you know, they're going to want to close out Oracle Arena with a dub and go back to Toronto for Game Seven. But you know, it is what it is. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, my heart's telling me to go, or my brain's telling me to go with the Warriors, but my heart says go Raptors here. So we'll see what happens. Uh, also, another little basket uh, NBA note: um, the Cavs just hired California women's basketball coach Gottlieb to their staff. So. Good for hiring a women's basketball coach to be an assistant coach on in at the NBA level. This is the first time this has happened that a NBA team has taken a, a college coach and added them to their staff. So that's good to see. I'm glad to see we're making progress little by little. Um, we'll see what impact she has moving forward, but it's good to see her get that job and we'll see what she can do with the Cavs because they're they were completely garbage this year so um mlb.com released their players that have tra their trade value rising um Derek Dietrich of the Reds absolutely this man has been crushing it this year he's having a massive break he's had more home runs this year than he's had in an entire season before so <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Um, I believe he's at 17 home runs right now, so that tells you how breakout of a year he's having. Um, Edwin Encarnacion of the Mariners is also – his trade value is rising according to MLB.com. Um, I would say sure. I don't know Ed, Edwin's stats offhand since I they're a West Coast team and I don't really watch the West Coast much. Um, but there are two Nationals – on Washington Nationals on this list, Howie Kendrick, which I completely agree with, he's ri- he's risen his trade value very high based on the season he's having. Um, this last one might shock you. In all honesty, Max Scherzer. Um, <coughs> um, they said that he cannot be traded in the final two years of his contract. So they said if the nationals want to trade him now and get him off their books and start. And if the season looks like it's going to go down the toilet, they should get rid of him this summer before there's, they can't trade him in the last two years of his contract. So, which is very interesting in my opinion, I didn't think the Nats would, be open to trading Max Scherzer and they probably aren't, but I guess if they, if this, if there was a time to get rid of Max Scherzer, now would be it. That, I mean, cause you can't trade him next two years. He's stuck with you. So I mean, he's a great pitcher. I hate facing him as a Cubs fan, but you know, <coughs> It is it is what it is. <clears throat> Not really much that you can uh, do on that front. Oh man. Okay, so the uh, we're gonna end this show with the softball transfer portal. Auburn's shortstop Taylor Snow is transferring, and that's big. Cause um, Taylor Snow is a great player. She hit a massive home run at Arizona when Auburn was in that regional. Um, but man, that was incredible. Um, but anyway, that's huge news for Auburn. Auburn has, I believe four people on the transfer portal because I, I will be keeping up with softball America's, um, transfer portal tracker. We'll see where everyone's going. And we'll see what everyone's doing. Um, we will be keeping up with that throughout the summer, and de- uh, definitely <coughs> um, updating and bringing it into the podcast when we can. Now, a little bit of sad news on my part, or not my part. Um, a little bit of. Heartbreaking news for me personally. Um, the 2008 CAA Rookie of the Year and 2019 All or actually and Top 25 Freshman of the Year that year, JMU softball pitcher Peyton Burrish is entering the transfer portal, and this hurts me on many levels. I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't anticipating it. <clears throat> 
<coughs> I this could be huge for. I mean, I assume JMU softball will try to pick up a pitcher in the transfer portal, but this hurts because now CeCe's the top option, the top and really only option, unless Izzy Kelly can pick it up. But um, Peyton had a one eight eight ERA. She was twenty four and six here. She appeared 58 times. She started 27 games, threw 11 complete games, five shutouts, five saves, 200 and two-thirds innings pitched, gave up 187 hits, 90 runs, 54 were earned, 59 walks to 121 strikeouts, gave up 27 doubles, four triples, 12 home runs. She get, she get The batting average against her was 237. <coughs> She gave up 11 wild pitches, 19 hit by pit, hit by pitches. I mean, she was a great pitcher. She would have been she would have been a great number 2 to keep around since Megan's gone. Megan Good is gone. But she's going to be gone now. She's entering the transfer portal. Um it's a big loss, but I'm sure Jamie Softball will be able to pick up someone in the transfer portal. A pitcher. Uh, personally, I got my eyes on Chardonnay Harris from Auburn or Mariah Lopez from Oklahoma. I don't think Mariah would come here. I definitely do think Chardonnay Harris could have a chance of coming here. That would be interesting. I would be perfectly okay with seeing that. Um, but, you know. We'll just have to see how the cookie crumbles as the transfer portal ramps up and gets bigger and bigger. So, but thank you for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow with new content. We'll see you then.